0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor. And thanks for those that have come back to the house of God tonight. Amen. Uh, I think when we give God a chance to do something that he will always respond. Amen? And uh, we appreciate that. You know, I, I I don't say much about our ministry and, and the technical aspects of it, but it is a reality. And so thank you so much for uh, investing in our ministry. Uh, the last couple of years, because of COVID, we have been really restricted from doing one of our heartbeats, and that is being overseas and speaking uh, in international crusades and camps and doing uh, what we call soccer salvation camps and crusades. We've done uh, 43 of those all over the world in Asia, Europe, Africa, Central, South America, North America, Caribbean, uh, uh, Asia, if I haven't mentioned that. Uh, so we just praise God for that opportunity to do these things. And so uh, we we truly count on, we think we're very close to seeing some uh, international things Opening back up, uh, people are taking missions trips. We do know that's taking place. Ours is a unique thing because of kids involved in a mass uh, uh, number. So it's it's kind of charting some waters that uh, uh, has never been charted before because this is a pandemic, a world pandemic, and it didn't just affect America. So thank you so much for investing in our ministry so we can continue to do it. We really, really do appreciate that. I want you to stand for the reading of God's word. If you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8, verse 28. We will begin reading there in Matthew chapter 8, verse 28. We just praise God for what he did this morning, and I think that as and, and and let's do our part to get the word out, okay? Because I know this is a, a special thing. Uh, this is a special week that pastor has been led of the Lord to do and lead. And so we're going to have service tomorrow night and Tuesday night. And so let's let's be praying and let's invite people and let's get people here to the house of God. Because I, I truly believe that the benefit will, will always be bigger than what we even can see in the natural of what God is wanting to do, and so let's let's invite people, let's uh, let's call people, uh, text people, uh, invite people, bring them, do whatever it takes. Be praying throughout the day, and I know that God is going to meet with us over these next few days. Matthew chapter eight, verse twenty-eight. It says, "When he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadarenes." Two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. And the demons begged Jesus If you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, go. So they came out and went into the pigs and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off and went into the town and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed Men, Father, I thank you for your word of God. And I thank you, Lord, that you didn't just put nice little Bible stories in the Bible for us to read that that just make us have just good goosebumps and and, and nice feelings. But Lord, you put it all in there. You wanted us to see and know the whole truth. And so God tonight, I pray lord as a as a as a world celebrate all halloweds Eve tonight as the as the demonic and the dark world uh, celebrates this night, Lord, as as in a in a innocent manner, Lord, the world uh, celebrates Halloween and passing out candy. Lord, uh, nothing wrong with giving kids candy, Lord, but Lord, we're just so thankful, Lord, that there is a there is a light in the middle of the darkness. And Lord, it doesn't take Halloween for us to realize that we live in a dark world. We live in a world that is surrounded by the enemy. And, Lord, the enemy is an enemy that tries to intimidate. He tries to influence. He tries to surround us with darkness and doom and gloom. But, Lord, I'm so thankful that you have come that we might have life. And, Lord, that we have a hope in a future that no matter what's going on in our world or no matter how bad it gets, Lord, you are coming again for your people. And, Lord, we're going to live in the light of Jesus Christ for eternity. And we praise you. And we thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. In in a world of bad news, we have good news. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's not going to end up bad for us, church. We should be the ones shouting and having a good time and smiling every day of our life. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Uh, I am uh, amazed at how easy it is for the enemy to try to intimidate us. Um, this story that we know very well, probably is one of those stories that jumps out in the Bible. I think that, uh, a lot of us would be familiar with it because of what took place in it. And because when there's demons involved, it gets people's attention. I am, uh, I am often uh, humored by the fact that we in America um, are somewhat insulated from the reality of the demonic, not because it's not here, just because we are in a nation that has the word of God. We are a Christian nation. Now, that is... Uh, that is in question these days by a lot of people. That is uh, that is something that we're going to have to decide as the body of Christ. Will we continue this slide away from God or will we take a, a firm stance in the word of God? But um, in fact, I'll tell you how ridiculous it gets sometimes here in America when you talk about the demon. One day there was a Bible school professor uh, that was asked by one of his students. Okay, this is a Bible school here in America. So one of his students asked him one day, what do you think about demon possession? And this is what a Bible school professor here in America said. He said, I think that kind of thing happens overseas, but not here in America. Now, let me explain. uh, uh, Truly, he did not believe what he said. The reason he said that was because he was intimidated about the subject. I mean, if you're intimidated about something and you don't know really what you're talking about and you're not familiar with it and you don't think that you possess a power that is stronger than that, why then even say that we have to deal with it? Just just say we don't have to deal with it. We live in a country. We're so blessed in America that we don't have to, you know, believe in it. We don't have to worry about it. It's it's over in other countries well, let me tell you, I hate to, uh, you know, burst a bubble, but I, I've seen it in other countries, but I've also seen it here. I, I, I was a youth pastor for five years before I became an evangelist. So been in the full-time ministry over 30 years. And I'll never forget the day that a 16-year-old uh, young lady uh, walked into our church in the middle of the week. It was during office hours and there were uh, three or four of us pastors on staff that were there. And um, and we came face-to-face with a demonic, if we have ever been face-to-face with a demonic, and this 16-year-old young lady. Uh, because let me tell you something about the enemy. The enemy always wants to destroy. He, oh, he is only concerned with killing and stealing and stopping and intimidating. And what I proceeded to see... As we took the authority in the name of Jesus over the, and you see, you got to understand something. This young lady was crying out for help. And if she can't come to a church in the middle of the week or in the middle of a service and find help to overcome the demonic that seeks to destroy her, then where can she go? and it should not, and, it, and it's not just because uh, that she can come to a pastor or a minister, that anybody that has the power of Jesus Christ, that walks with God, has the ability in the name of Jesus, the same ability and confidence that Jesus had in this story, you and I have the same ability to shut down the enemy and to cast the enemy out. Amen? And, and 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 what I saw was was truly uh heartbreaking because i i saw the demonic take over this Uh, young lady in such a way that she took an aluminum Coke can and ripped it in half like a piece of paper, like two pieces of paper, ripped an aluminum Coke can in half just like that and proceeded to slice her wrist like that. And the blood began to flow. Let me tell you something, church. At that point, it didn't matter whether I believed in demonic or not. It was real. I didn't have a choice. Well, I'm a certain uh you know believer, or I, I go to a certain church, and and you know, I just I'm just choosing not to. Let me tell you, that 16-year-old young lady needed someone to have confidence and boldness in the name of Jesus and 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 declare that Jesus is able to save her right there at that moment. And that's the perspective that I think so many times is missed in this story is the focus is on these two guys that were possessed potentially with 2,000 demons. That's a lot of scariness, right? That's a lot of intimidation, right? I mean, these two guys were so possessed and so uh, consumed by the enemy and by the demonic that nobody went to their house. Nobody. I mean, Domino's didn't deliver, FedEx wouldn't drop off a package, UPS, nobody, nobody, nobody would go to their house. You see, the sad thing about that is, is there are areas in our world today that that's exactly what the enemy has done. He has scared us away from areas of our society and the world that we live in, and we have become intimidated about it so much that we are not willing to go in there and take it back for the kingdom of God. Our schools. If there's ever been a time for the church to rise up for the public schools in America, there has never been a more important time. I mean, we see it. We see the division in America right now about the school system. And and let me tell you, just the little things that we're dealing with right now. but, But let me tell you, if you think right now what they're teaching and what they're showing our children is bad now, get ready. And, and and this is this is the shocking part, is the one group in America that has the ability to change this is silent. And that's the church. And I'm not talking about just showing up at uh, school board meetings. I'm not just talking about showing up at schools and holding administrators and teachers accountable. I'm talking about in our prayer time before God, are we ever praying about our schools? Are we praying for our teachers? Are we praying for administrators? Are we praying for our school board? Are we praying for the power of God to come down? Are we praying to hold those elected accountable? Let me tell you something, church, there is areas is that the enemy has convinced us, don't come in here. And that's exactly what took place in this story. These guys have been abandoned by everybody, even the church. Everyone was scared. Did you grow up in a neighborhood like I did that had that one house in the neighborhood that you did not walk home after dark by? No, no, you didn't walk casually by that one house. No, you ran, you went to the other side of the street, right? Anybody else have that? I'm not making this up. This was not in a movie or something. I mean, this really, really happened. I mean, I was convinced that there were kids being tortured in this one house in my neighborhood. In Fort Morgan, Colorado, I lived there for two years. It was when I was in the fourth and fifth grade, and it was a scary place, and and, and and so you have to understand this was a scary place. This was an area that the enemy had done such a great job that nobody you know what's sad about that? The only time this was ever going to change was when it was Jesus Christ himself, and you know what he saw? He didn't see all the intimidation. he didn't see all the scary demons. He didn't hear all the scary stories that had went around town that, that had went on and and that they had heard about and these things going on and why nobody went there he didn't hear all that you know what he saw do you know what he was focused in on he was focused in on two guys that were just like you and I that deserved a chance to be saved because they were headed to an eternity of hell unless Jesus Christ was able to reach them with his salvation. And he says, I'm not going to be intimidated. There is no person, there is no place that will be able to hold back my love and my forgiveness. I'm going into that area, and I'm not going to be intimidated because I'm going in there to reach and save those two guys. Isn't there people in our world right now? Aren't they worth be enraged. Aren't they? Be, I mean, I'm talking about the worst one with a reputation in your town. I'm talking about the one that has the worst reputation. I'm talking about the one that does the drugs. I'm talking about the one that's the drunk. I'm talking about the one that that's done all the bad business deals. I'm talking about the one that is the chief enemy to the church. I'm talking about the one that has the worst reputation. I'm talking about them. Is it? that we just want to get even with them? Is it that we just want them to be taken out? Or are we truly having the heart of Jesus to say, you know what? Let me go into those areas. Because the enemy can be so intimidating. It can be so scary. I I remember um, there was an area that I uh, I moved into we, we moved around a lot when I was a kid, and, and my dad drove a propane truck, uh, and so he got switched around several times for about five year period we got moved to several different places, different states, and we moved around a lot in that time and and we got to this one place that we we're going to move to and and I was excited. I just finished the third grade and and across the street was was uh, the elementary school that I was going to attend the next two years and I was excited because uh, because we lived across the street from it there this school had a huge playground okay and 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 when you are eight years old, you know, playgrounds are a big deal, okay? And, and so I saw this huge playground, and the great thing about this playground is it wasn't, it wasn't fenced in. And so, in other words, when school wasn't in session, I had access. Even during the summer when it was shut down, I had access. I had access to this playground anytime I wanted to go. But do you realize there were times that I did not go to that playground? I had access to. I wanted to go. But there were times that I didn't go. And the reason is, is that in my neighborhood, we had a bully. Yeah, we had a bully. And he loved to beat me up. I was a scrawny little kid. And call me crazy, if he was at the playground, I didn't go. Really brilliant, aren't I? Really smart, man. God gave me a lot of wisdom up here. I didn't like pain. I liked my face the way it was. So if I saw him at the playground, I didn't go. Now, how many knows if you have an older brother and you have a bully problem? How many knows it's a good thing to have an older brother, right? Guess what? I had an older brother. I had a brother that was two years older. Only one problem. He wasn't a bigger brother. I mean, what good is that? I was like, sending back, Mom. The bully can beat him up too. I need a bigger brother, right? If we're going to face this bully, and I'm not going to be afraid of him, I need a brother that's bigger than the bully. I don't need an older brother. I need a bigger brother. So I was very disappointed in my brother. Well... I I knew very quickly that my brother was not going to be able to help me out of this situation. Um, But it was a wonderful day when I found out my mom, uh, at the job that she worked at, she had a friend, and this friend was a mother as well. My mom worked at a dry cleaners. and let me tell you something. You do not mess with people that work at dry cleaners, okay? They can do things with hangers that can mess you up, okay? But but one day my mom was telling her friend about my situation with my bully and I, I was scared to death. I was, I was afraid to go out of the house. I was afraid to go do things. And she was telling her about this, this bully situation. But the great thing about this friend that my mom had was that this friend, this mother, she had a son. And he was a senior in high school. So he was a... Bigger guy than the bully. And my mom's friend went home one day and she called her son Greg into the kitchen. She said, Greg, uh, Ron's having a hard time with this bully in the neighborhood. And I think you need to go to his neighborhood. And I think you need to have a little talk with this bully. Can somebody just say, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for Greg. Guess what? Greg came to my neighborhood. He really did. I'm not making this up. God would strike me down if I'm lying in his pulpit, you realize, okay? Greg came to my neighborhood. He Looked up the bully and he got in the bully's face and he says, I want to communicate something to you. If you touch Ron, I'm going to touch you. He said, if you mess with Ron anymore, I'm going to mess with you. Guess what? It was a new day in the neighborhood. (laughs) Woo! I became the cockiest kid on the block, man. I was walking around like I was Superman. I would even go up to the bully. I was like, come on, brother. Come on, touch me. Come on, give me your best shot. Because you know why? I wasn't walking under my authority anymore. I was walking under the authority of Greg, and Greg could beat up the bully. So it was a new day in the neighborhood, Right. Can I tell you, we have a brother that sticketh closer than a brother. He is a friend that is all-powerful, all-knowing, super overwhelming, super size to overcome any work of the enemy. No matter what he has in his arsenal, it does not come against what the Lord Jesus Christ has. All power and authority is in heaven and earth. And Jesus, the same Jesus that walked in the middle of these two young men's lives that were bound by possibly 2,000 demons. He walked in there that day. That same Jesus walks here today. And you say, Ron, I'm not a little boy and I don't have a bully problem. Yes, you do. We all do. What is it? Oh, it's not some guy walking around the neighborhood that just wants to beat you up because he's bigger than you. I'm talking about the doubts. I'm talking about the suicidal thoughts. I'm talking about the addiction. I'm talking about the hidden sin. I'm talking about the things that berate you and tears you down every day, that keeps you coming from the house of God, that keeps you from going after God to a deeper place. I'm talking about the area that, that the enemy says you will never have victory over. You see that day that that girl began to literally slice her wrist with a ripped open piece of Coca Cola aluminum can. I realized that day that that was a day that I could no longer walk around and say, Yes, I am a filled with the Holy Spirit, a man of God. I'm a minister that believes in the whole Word of God. I cannot walk around with false pretenses. I cannot walk around giving a false sense of identity or promise. I better have and possess the power of God to overcome all the works of the enemy or I better shut up. Because you know what? There are people in our world that are counting on someone to reach into their world that they are being overwhelmed by the enemy and bring them the help that they need. Isn't it ironic what... The demons did. When Jesus started walking toward the house of the two guys, Jesus is—you not pulling down the street with a, a a big old car with a thousand bumper stickers on the back saying, "I'm a Christian and you're a dog-eating vomit devil and uh, you know you're going to hell and all these things." No. He didn't have a Christian t-shirt on. He was walking on the authority of Almighty God through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the authority that he was walking in. And isn't it interesting that Jesus hasn't said a word. He hasn't said anything. Because when we, as the body of Christ, begin to recognize it's the authority that God gives us and puts in us that is the power that will overcome the enemy. And what what do the demons begin to say? Jesus hasn't said a thing. And they begin to say, What do you want with us, Son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? That sounds like a lot of whining going on there, doesn't it? All of a sudden, it sounds like they care about the rules. All of a sudden, they have a problem with who's walking down the street toward this house. And isn't it ironic that they said, well, we know what's going to happen. So if you're going to drive us out, go ahead and send us into the herd of pigs. Isn't it ironic that the enemy just asked to be placed into an animal Absolutely has no future except to end up on your breakfast table. Send us into the herd of pigs. You know, we can joke. But when the reality is, and you're standing there and you are standing in your own house, and nobody realizes. Until this day that your mother that was raised in a pastor's home, your mother that is a wonderful Christian mother, your mother that played the piano at church every Sunday, all of a sudden she's standing in front of you with our dad's shotgun and she is begging her three teenage kids to show her how to use it because she can't do life anymore and she is so depressed that she has become suicidal, how many knows that all of a sudden it doesn't matter what you believe or what you don't believe, all of a sudden it matters that you know you have access to the power of Jesus? Because I know what it's like to wrestle the gun out of my mom's hand. What are we going to do with the power that God has given us in these last days? That's the question, church. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to just continue to identify more areas that are off limits? Are we going to begin to identify areas that we're going to pray over, we're going to plead over, and then we're going to walk in, and we're going to take them back for the kingdom of God? Do you know how many homes in, in, in this community right now need somebody just to walk in to their world and begin to say, you know what? I take this home back for the kingdom of God. I take this marriage back for the kingdom of God. I take these children back for the kingdom of God. How many more areas are we going to allow the enemy to rob from us and deceive us and intimidate us about? Or are we going to rise up with the power and the authority that we have in Jesus name? I have been been into so many dark areas in the world. I have been into some of the darkest areas of the world, some of the most dangerous areas of the world. You can never show the enemy that you are afraid or intimidated. And why would you when you possess the greater power? We have an opportunity through the name of Jesus to say, get out, get out of my mind, get out of my body, get out of my family. Get out of my child, get out of my grandchild, get out of my husband, get out of my wife, get out, get out of my house, get out of my country, get out of my community, get out, get out in the name of Jesus. You have no place here. I will cast you into those herd of pigs faster than you even know what's going to happen. And let me tell you something, isn't ironic that the pigs were smarter than a lot of humans? Because the moment that the demonic went into these pigs, they said, you know what? If we have to live with what just came inside us, we would rather not live at all. And they ran and then drowned themselves as fast as they could. In other words, we cannot allow the enemy any stronghold, any foot. I'm preaching to myself, church. I'm preaching to us. We, Jesus, Jesus was the one that was walking down this this road that day. Jesus was the one that was going to see these guys saved and set free from this stronghold. It was a scary place. It was an area that was off limits. Enemy will do anything and everything. It reminds me of a, a... a youth retreat that I did many, many years ago. And it was for a church called Bethel in Littlestown, Pennsylvania. And the retreat was over past Gettysburg and an old campsite that I believe Billy Graham had done a crusade there many, many years ago, back in the maybe 50s or 60s and it was in uh a saturday morning session that i was speaking and uh it was uh uh, open air theater, uh, you know, there was no walls, uh, it was just had a a, a roof and, and rafters, but the walls were not there, and so it was exposed to the elements, and we were uh, praying, and we were at the altar, and uh, I had uh, instructed everybody to come up to the altar, and we we're going to stand in a circle, and we're going to pray, and about that time, a bat fell down from the rafters, on two of the girls that were standing there in this prayer circle. And you talking about, I don't know if it was being filled with the Holy Spirit or just a holy fear, uh, but uh, something happened at that moment that that bat came down and landed on them and, and then just flopped there dead on the ground. Uh, you you, you were talking about an altar call at that point. Um, you, you talking about having everybody's attention. Uh, I will never forget that moment. Yes, this was the church that that happened at. It was your youth ministry that this happened at that I've never forgotten. And you talking about the enemy would do anything to intimidate and distract. Uh, I, I, I will never forget that. And I and the the youth pastor at that time, Pastor Mike, yes, some of you all would know uh, who I'm talking about. Uh, and and I I just acted like, yeah, this happens all the time. Yeah. We prepare for this in Bible college when bats fall out of the rafters at uh, youth retreats and fall on two teenage girls and, and scare them to death. And, and, uh, I just turned to him and didn't even break you know, what I was saying, I just turned to Pastor Mike and said, and, and Pastor Mike, could you just take care of that? And and Pastor Mike, being full of the power of God, just stepped over there toward the bat. He was just going to pick it up or something. I don't know what he was going to do, but he just stepped over there. And And all of a sudden, the bat came back to life, and it started fluttering because it wasn't dead. It was just stunned for a moment. I guess it fell asleep, fell down, whatever the case may be. But the point being is the enemy will use whatever means it can to intimidate and distract. But at the end of the day, what is the most important thing is those two men were completely set free from the demonic stronghold in their life. By who? By Jesus. I want you to stand with me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, may we get some confidence and boldness back into our church. God, may we get back to that place, Lord. (sighs) The enemy has intimidated us long enough. I'm tired of being told all the things that are wrong. I'm tired of the things that the enemy is introducing, new diseases new ways to intimidate and hold people back, new ways to challenge their faith. Father, in the name of Jesus, may you begin to encourage the body of Christ in such a way, Lord, that, that we here in America and around the world, that the church would rise to, Lord, the moment that we find ourselves in, Lord, that this is the time, this is the hour, this is that moment, this is that moment. If we can maybe have somebody play softly, even if they want to come or just play something from the sound booth is fine, too. Whatever you have planned, Father. I pray that there would be an awakening inside of us that same Awakening that you gave your son the confidence and the boldness to walk into an area of stronghold that was so scary and so intimidating that no one was willing to go into. But Lord, you saw those two men, you saw their eternities, you saw how bound by the enemy they were, they were so desperate to be free, they were so desperate to to be set free, they were so desperate to be whole, they were so desperate to be saved, they just needed someone to get past all the intimidating facts of the enemy. And God, if there's ever a time for the country of America, the country that was founded upon the word of God, the principle of the word of God, the Judeo-Christian, Lord, facts of the Lord, a, a, a people that says we will be in a country that will believe in the word of God, that will serve an almighty God. We will not serve man. We will not make man greater than God. We will seek you. We will be in that place that we have freedom to worship you. God, I pray that in this critical hour, in this critical time in history, that we will not depart from it, that we will not turn away from you, but Lord, we will turn to you. God, speak to us. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. You see, what we don't hear about, what we don't know about is what it took in preparation and prayer for Jesus to get to the point. Or he could walk down that place and do those areas that were off limits. He had to get away and spend some time in prayer and hear from God and be equipped and anointed and be encouraged and emboldened and be reminded of who he is and what the powerful name of Jesus can do. And that there is no stronghold and there is no enemy and there is no darkness that can stand up against the power of Jesus. And so what God is saying, if we're ever going to do what we're going to be called to do what we need to do for america and for this world in these last days then then we're going to have to do some preparation times and we're going to have to find some times in an altar prayer and get before god and we began to be equipped we began to be anointed we began to be empowered by the holy spirit that we get some boldness back that we get some confidence back that we we get we get that 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 confidence that jesus had that day to walk in there and cast out two thousand demons grab a hold of two lies that were lost forever for eternity unless somebody reached them with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of Jesus Christ so I don't think people here on a Sunday night the week of revival that that you're not the right group I think you are the right group I think you do care I think that you are emboldened I think that god has spoken to you tonight so will you will everyone in this room that is concerned about america that's concerned about reaching every area even the areas that have been come off limits and seemingly impossible to reach can we fill this altar tonight church and can we begin to go after God and we begin, be, begin to be in boldness and anointed and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? Can we do that, church? So that when we walk out into our world, we are ready, we are emboldened, we are, we are confident. We've we got our confidence back. we got our boldness back. We, got, we'll, we recognize what we have in Jesus. Can we fill this altar right now, church? And let's go after God. Let's, let's, let's begin to seek the power of the Holy Spirit right now. Because there are people in our world there's a community out there there are lost people there are family members and friends that need us to be empowered they need us to know what we have in the name of Jesus let's fill this altar and go after God Let's weep for the lost. Let's begin to pray for those areas, for those people that we think that the devil has got a stronghold on that cannot be broken. And let's begin to break the stronghold of the demonic in our our country. Let's begin to break the stronghold of the demonic in our world today. In our politicians, in our in our policies, in the way that we are headed as a as a nation and as a world. Father, in the name of Jesus, we seek you. We seek your power. We seek your presence. We seek your boldness. We seek your anointing. Oh God. For there is no weapon that's formed against us that shall prosper. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's begin to seek Him right now, church. Come on, let's get a boldness inside of our prayers. Let's get a confidence inside of us. Let's begin to press in. Let's begin to go after God right now. In the name of Jesus. No longer intimidated. No longer intimidated. No matter what, there is no darkness, there is no demonic, there is no power. That the enemy has over the believing body of Christ. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at BethelAG.com or on Facebook at Bethel Assembly of God, Littlestown, Pennsylvania. Our services are also live streamed every Sunday on our YouTube channel, Bethel AG, Littlestown, Pennsylvania.